Welcome to the Aspen UK podcast, where we bring people together to discuss topics that matter. Hello and welcome to today's discussion. It's the first episode of our Leadership Insights podcast series, where we've invited members of our Aspen UK Institute Leadership Network to discuss key moments of strong leadership they've either seen or experienced in the last year. We're also keen to hear whether they've learned from leadership failures as well. I'm Penny Richards. I'm the CEO of the Aspen Institute in the UK. We recognise Aspen UK that we are living in extraordinary times and we know that leaders face immense challenges. Our really special organisation works with a range of leaders across the UK, helping them to operate in a world that is becoming increasingly diverse and polarised and to help them recognise how this influences their actions and decisions as leaders. We really like working with a completely extraordinary range of leaders to help them be more aware of their own values, more tolerant of others' perspectives, and more inspired to drive positive change, either in their communities or in their organisations. Today, we're joined by two really wonderful leaders, Alex Irwin, who's a member of our Rising Leader Fellowship, and Beatrice Groper, who recently attended an Aspen Institute Young European Leaders Seminar we host in Wales. Alex is Special Assistant to the Chief Exec at the Children's Investment Fund Foundation, and Beatrice works for ADAC in Germany, the biggest automotive club in Europe. So really strong range already of experiences, we think. Let me jump to the first question, both of you. Um, And by the way, thank you for being here and talking to us. If you have learnt one thing about leadership this year, what has it been? I know that's a ridiculously simple question. It might be a complicated answer. And Beatrice, do you want to go first? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And it's such a pleasure to meet you, Alex. Um, so one thing I've definitely taken from this year's experiences was how important mentoring and giving back to other people is when it comes to um, being a leader yourself or potentially growing into a leadership role. Um, that was something which has definitely stood out to me that it's something which is important to me and it also connects to being self-aware but also um, prioritizing self-improvement um, continuously um, which means that you definitely also develop your capabilities in sharing your knowledge and um, also invest in yourself but also invest in new potential leaders by um, sharing your success but also your failures which we will talk about later as well. Alex, uh, same or different than what you've learned about leadership this year? Thanks very much, Penny, and, and lovely to meet you too, Beatrice. Um, my, my answer is quite similar, I think. I sort of look back on the last year or so and before I joined SIF, I was lucky enough to work as the speechwriter to the COP26 president, Alok Sharma, in the UK government, and have since uh, joined Kate Hampton, as you mentioned earlier, Penny. And I think there's something about being at that early stage of your leadership. I know you said earlier, before we were prepping for the podcast, um, you didn't like the word journey, but the early stage of your leadership journey um, and finding really people to work for, senior people to work for, that really sort of inspire you, that push you, that expect a lot of you and have very kind of demanding standards and are very exacting, but also sort of 
live values or embody values that are very fair, very honest. And and I think if you put yourself in that sort of environment and find those sort of people to work for, which I think in the last year or so I, I've really managed to do, you create a situation in which you learn a huge amount about yourself and about what leadership looks like or what good leadership looks like and what you want your leadership to look like. Um, and I, I should also shout out the Rising Leaders Fellowship that you mentioned earlier. That was a really excellent week about halfway through this year to take a little bit of a moment to reflect on a lot of those things. Um, I really valued that experience. That's interesting. So both of you talking about learning from others and actually also both taking time to sort of reflect, um, which is actually, I think, a very valuable and underutilized activity, I think, for leaders. So what is, if you can nail it to one thing, what's one moment of excellent leadership in 2023 that stood out to you both? Um, so something which definitely stood out to me um, was during the Elkoi conference, it's called, it's the biggest youth climate conference we have in Germany. Um, I was able to uh, be a speaker on, on a podium um, talking about mobility challenges and how we get to um, actually stay mobile by still looking into the climate challenges we are facing currently. And just seeing all these young people being so interested in the future and actually wanting to use their voice and their potential um, to leverage and um, to influence um, the status quo, but also the future. I think that was really inspiring, even though I was on the panel speaking to um, to the group of people in front of me. It was still um, real big leadership um, enthusiasm. I actually also gathered from them being being there and um, asking smart questions and also testing us, maybe young professionals who are on the panels and um, really making us uh, are like pressuring us to put a point into what we're saying and not just using diplomatic phrases to um, describe what we're actually here for. And I think that's also something what I think um, touches quite well on what Alex was saying is that I think that's what leadership is also about uh, when it comes to describing what my leadership journey was like uh, this year is that for me, leadership is not about just intent is really much about intentionally influencing behavior and changing that. And it's not about influencing outcomes, but it really is about um, thinking on a bigger scope. So um, that may be just what has really um, left its mark on me and which also motivates me to look into leadership styles next year. Alex. So, so my example is also climate related, but I guess slightly different in that it's a global leader and, and anyone who's sort of been following global climate politics for the last year or a couple of years will, I think, know the name Mia Motley, the Prime Minister of Barbados. She gave this incredible speech in Glasgow at COP26 a couple of years ago and has really since then, I think, really redefined global climate politics, reset the balance between kind of what you might call global north and global south. And really, well, she launched this Bridgetown initiative out of Barbados that took really significant ownership of kind of climate problem solving. And I'm, I'm in Dubai at the moment for COP28. And earlier this week, I listened to her speak. And it was it was on something that you might consider to be relatively dry and technical, but she just has this incredible ability to set rooms alight when she goes into them. She commands kind of the podium. It was standing room only. She kind of commanded this big room of, of probably 100 or 200 people. 
And I think she's a sort of generational communicator, but at the same time, she doesn't sort of rest on that rhetoric or kind of oratorical talent. Every time she speaks, it's very action oriented. It's very details driven. And it's not sort of, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's problem solving, I think, in its kind of truest form. It's not asking for help. It's saying this is how we want to solve the problem and this is how we're going to lead the way. Um, and I, I think, yeah, she, she is probably in global climate politics and maybe global politics at the moment, one of the most impressive leaders, certainly that I'm aware of. Isn't that interesting that you both have used climate as, as an example and you both use very sort of finite things that matter. So Beatrice, even though you were talking about sort of, sort of a collective leadership, if you like, you talked about some sort of young people almost sort of, sort of, sort of demanding of, of you and other speakers more. And Absolutely. Alex, you're sort of saying the same, I think. You were sort of talking about, you know, an extraordinary, charismatic, singular leader, but who who isn't just using her riz to use a new British expression, but um, using data and sort of proper effectiveness to drive change. Really interesting. Does yeah, that- and I, I would say on that, I think there is probably something in the fact that we both chose climate as, as a sort of place for our example in that that feels to me to be, if not the defining issue globally right now, then one of the defining issues globally. And I think there is something in good leadership, or I think we look for good leadership in places that feel like they're real challenge or they're real challenges. And Mia Motley is one of those people who's saying that is the most difficult, but also the most important issue of our time. I'm going to dedicate myself to trying to solve that. And I think at least personally, I'm naturally inclined towards leaders who run towards some of the hardest problems. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So so talking about so being inspired by by a sort of topic, what have both of you also been inspired by any unusual leadership styles this year? Beatrice, do you want to start? Something which has really stood out to me when it comes to unconventional leadership styles was that it's not just about the professional CV you maybe bring to the table when you apply for a job, but I think it's um, we have a kind of a shift there. It's also a lot about the person. It might be uh, you might be great with uh, a certain skill set, but if you're not a great fit for the team, obviously your work won't be great and your boss or your manager as a leader should be able to see that and also be able to see potential um, difficulties if they hire you just because you're amazing with one single skill set. And I think that's something which has really stood out to me hearing from friends as well, but also seeing in my own kind of field when um, looking at my professional career, it's been really important to see that there's more importance than what you obviously bring with your professional CV to the table. Obviously, you need to have your skill set as well, just because you're a great person, but know nothing about your job that might lead to difficulties as well. But I think if you're um, if your mindset really matches what the people actually want to achieve and you're able to have the same enthusiasm for certain topics, it's okay to learn while it's doing the job and not having to have all the skill sets while you commence the job. Um, so I think that's just something which I think is becoming more dominant. Um, and I think that's the leadership style, which should also, which should be here to stay. Um, but it has really been something which I've seen with multiple people. And I think that's a quite nice shift to also put the individual more into the center rather than just um, going 
It's funny you should say that. At, at Aspen UK, we think about leadership often, as you can imagine. It's it's what we do. It's what we think about. And I sort of tend to gather definitions of leadership. Um, and one I came across relatively recently was um, something along the lines of to, to be successful, leaders have to recognize two lessons. One is that people are complex and one is that people are different. And it's sort of absurdly simple, but at the same time, it's a, it, it does bring that sort of human-centric face of leadership to the absolutely group. because whilst everybody is different you still need to make a homogeneous kind of group which still works together despite all of their differences and they still need to have one goal which they want to achieve potentially bringing a project to a to an end um or to an accessible end even but i think that's really important to have these different kind of um, puzzle pieces and bringing it together to make one really big picture. And I think that's also something which makes a great leader to one, embrace change, which also connects to the climate topic Alex and I were highlighting earlier. It's just something where you can't, you you need to be prepared to one as well, have social responsibility when it comes to climate, but also social topics, but also you need to foster diverse teams and also have uh, the willingness to embrace um, differences. Thank you. Alex, does that ring true to you or have you been inspired by something different in leadership styles this year? That that sort of part of the conversation really does ring true. And I think the one thing I would add to that is good leaders don't just sort of embrace difference, but they're really willing to build teams where there are people who are better at things than they are and and aren't fearful of that i think bad leaders sort of try and push people like that away because they see it as a challenge to their leadership whereas good leaders recognize that seven different skill sets and seven different experts uh probably makes for the best team but the 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 example i had in terms of unusual or, or perhaps unlikely leadership style was from my experience this September or this August, September, going to Nairobi to do a sort of mini secondment on the Africa Climate Summit. And I went to work for the CEO of that, who was a, a man called Joseph Nganga. And I can't really describe how complicated the politics and the delivery questions and the operational questions around the Africa Climate Summit were. There were so many different kind of uh, centers of power, so many different opinions about how the summit should be delivered. And Joseph really, he sat right in the middle of that. He was ultimately responsible for the delivery of the summit, but just had this incredible ability to stay totally calm. Uh, He he sort of maintained total clarity in his communication and his decision-making. But I think the thing that was most remarkable to me and felt most unusual in what was a super pressurized situation that anyone could have very easily sort of melted in is he just stayed so kind and he stayed so focused on the team around him he had a very small team around him and his it, it felt at least like his number one priority was the sort of well but the, the well-being and welfare of those people despite having this huge huge professional responsibility on his shoulders and i i said to him at the end of that that i hope i'll take at least a little bit of that forward into into my own leadership that was a, a quite kind of profound experience really isn't it fascinating when you see great leaders seem to have so elastic time and elastic empathy? Mm. He wasn't a- he wasn't sleeping very much, I don't think. Oh, <laughs> which is probably where his time, he, he wasn't sleeping very much, which is probably where his time <laughs> came from. But I, I take your point. Yeah, but I just I, I do witness some people that we're lucky to work with at Aspen UK who just seem to have that extraordinary ability 
to be incredibly present in the moment and with the people that we're I think I, yeah, I learn from them endlessly. Nice example. Thank you so much. Right. Um, let's go negative rather than positive. Um, if you have seen um a bad leadership failure this year, what what's it been? Alex, why don't you go first on this one? Yeah, of course. Um I, I want to be quite careful on this question because I do work for a foundation um, that is ostensibly, well, not ostensibly, that is not political. Um, and I am actually a civil servant on a career break as well. So I, I don't want to sort of name names, but I will say that it feels a lot in the UK right now that we have certain leaders and certain leadership styles that have kind of taken hold of a lot of a lot of our politics that really run counter to a lot of the things that Beatrice and I have been saying, and, and you've been saying, Penny, on this podcast, that perhaps are defined negatively or, or try and define their, these leadership styles negatively or positionally that try to create division and try and kind of harness that division as a way or exploit that division of a way as a way of making progress. Um, and I think as we've talked about here on this recording, it seems like we'd all disagree with that as, as a leadership style. Uh, uh, again, Aspen UK, very nonpartisan disappointing when we see these things in in our society Beatrice I think something when when talking about failure is that we're all we probably all grew up in a very very like environment where failure was sometimes even condemned and failure was never a good thing to to have and failure obviously it's not rewarded in organizations and people employees are obviously trained to not make mistakes and not to fail and um, I think they would rather do anything else than fail and to ring their manager and say, oh, I'm so sorry, but I messed this up. But I think it's it's okay to fail uh, sometimes, And but I think it's important to, to do it in the right way. And I think obviously that puts some pressure into failing as well. But um, I think there is a way to embrace smart failures as well. Obviously, at some point you need to learn from your failures, but you could also tend to see them in a different light and maybe more see them as experiments and see, okay, sometimes we have to go along the way and to, uh, embrace trial and error and also see that things might not work out as we planned, but it's inevitable not to fail. So we will all run into a wall at some point and we need to have a leader that um, needs to understand the importance on how to deal with failure. I think that's something very important when looking on a smaller scale, obviously not on a, a public political scale, but I think it's important Like if you look at your organization where you work, things won't always go as planned. And then you need to have someone by your side who, who knows how to deal with it. And um, obviously who is an effective communicator and obviously also puts transparency into things to help make this failure a smart failure that there actually is growth potential afterwards. Yeah, I think it's really easy, isn't it, to sort of shy from from significant challenges, to sort of think that sort of working along an equilibrium is 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 easier and better. But I think you actually you have to sometimes fail to succeed. So that really makes sense to me. Thank you. And the last question, lovely, lovely chat, and I'm sort of learning a lot from both of you. Um, we are facing a new year. Um, what do both of you recognize as so the challenges and opportunities that leaders are going to face in 2024. Beatrice, you look like you're poised to speak. <laughs> I think um, something 
which has definitely been on my mind when you sent over the uh, topic of today's uh, podcast was um, that leadership will never really stay the same. And um, also whilst we were preparing, I said, we might have this conversation one year's time and Alex and I might have completely different opinions um, or have completely different examples of how leadership has influenced us or how it was um, very beneficial or sometimes maybe not as great as we expected it to be. So I think leadership is never something stagnant. It's always something which will evolve and which we can continuously learn from. And um, I think that's that's something that's also the beauty of it, where we can also have quite lots of um, self-growth and we're still always ready to be inspired and have this lifelong learning component as well to continuously be good leaders. Um, that's something which... I'm excited to see next year how leadership might change and what problems and struggles leadership might also might also help during the COVID pandemic. Nobody would have thought that being a leader also means fostering hybrid workspaces or making sure that people feel seen and heard, even though they work remotely and we see burnout rates or mental health issues go through the roof because people just miss being together. And I think um, that's just something, a new leadership quality which emerged. And I think that's um, something which will obviously continue to happen. And I'm excited to see what the new leadership skill set will look like in 2024. Thank you. Alex, what does 2024 look like to you in terms of leadership opportunities, challenges? Well, Beatrice mentioned the, the pandemic and I, I, we've talked a lot about climate as well. And I think in the work that I'm doing at the moment at CIF, which is very sort of internationally focused, climate development focused, it does feel like the world is quite, it feels like it's quite a dangerous place, quite a divided place. Geopolitics feels kind of like it's breaking down. Multilateralism feels like it's breaking down. So I'm really, and I don't know if we'll see this, I, I, I'm hopeful that we'll see this, but I'm really looking out in 2024 for leaders and hope to be one of these myself, but like Mia Motley, like my current boss at SIF, um, Kate Hampton, who really choose sort of action, choose problem solving and try and bring people together and, and look for ways to build bridges and to kind of take on these big global challenges in a, in a really positive way rather than a way that's divisive or, or tries to sort of use them as ways to split and divide people. Um, so a big challenge, but one I'm looking forward to, to being part of and also watching in 2024. Let's hope we both, all of us actually get those those wishes. Um, Beatrice, Alex, what a lovely conversation. Thank you so much. I really feel like um, I've learned a lot from you and you've sort of inspired me for the next few months. So thank you so much. Um, you such an interesting conversation. If you've enjoyed this conversation, do keep an eye out for our other Leadership Insight episodes on the Aspen UK podcast. And if you're interested in joining our Aspen UK community, either as a rising leader or as a more senior leader looking to embark or continue your leadership journey, do go to our website, aspenuk.org, to find out more about our fellowships and our executive sem seminar opportunities. But now, what a great conversation, Alex and Beatrice. Thank you so much.